Um, this week we're continuing in a series that we started last week talking about soul positions. We started last week, we're talking about how do we position ourselves for joy? How do we position ourselves to receive the joy of the Lord? How do we position ourselves in such a way where it's not just the joy is not just our happiness and oh, I'm feeling good, but it's our decision that we make that we are going to step into the joy of the Lord. And we talked about the five B attitudes of being joyful. The five B attitudes of being joyful. If you weren't here for it, if you didn't watch it online, I want to recommend that you go and watch that. Five B attitudes, and that is we be helpful. We be helpful. Gee, that's good grammar. All the teacher says, we be helpful. The B attitudes, we be helpful. We be adventurous. We be positive. We be purposeful and we be yielded. And for everybody who was playing along last week, that spells happy, H-A-P-P-Y, happy, helpful, adventurous, positive, purposeful and yielded. When we're submitted to God, when we submit to his way, we are yielded to his purpose. All right. So this week I want to talk a little bit more about just one, just one of those those um, attributes, those attitudes that we can have when it comes to positioning our soul. Because a lot of the times we position our soul outside of what God planned for us. We position our soul in such a way where we, we take ourselves out of what God's plan and purpose was for our lives when we distract ourselves, when we, we get ourselves all tangled up with whatever's going on in the world and we lose sight of what is really, really important. And we can do that. But I want to talk to a little bit more about being positioned for purpose. We are positioned for purpose. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we pray that today as I share what's on my heart, the words that you've given me through this message, I pray that it wouldn't just be me speaking, but you would speak through this message to help us to understand that we have a purpose in you. And we just pray, Lord God, as, as we over these next few moments as we share together, that you would just have your way and speak to us all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody up in Nil. You're a very purposeful bunch because you've been there very early in the morning to pray and seek God and to to worship and then worship again. And now we're getting into the word together that we love our Nil family up there. Going gangbusters. Love it. Love it. All right. So we're talking about positioned for purpose, and an author called Jack London said this quote, he said, the proper function of man is to live, not to exist. I shall not waste my days in trying to prolong them, I shall use my time. You know, I don't know about you, but um, I always try and look for a shortcut when it comes to doing a task. And my brother was the same, and my dad would often say that we would spend nine hours trying to work out a faster way to do a 30-minute job. You know, we're trying to figure things out so that we can do them quicker, or we're trying to work out ways, and mankind has forever been trying to work out how we can live forever, how we can live longer, how we can prolong life, how we can extend things instead of just focusing on the time that we do have. The Bible teaches that man is supposed to live for three score years and ten, which is about 70 years. If anything above that is a bonus. 
So we're always trying to think, well, how can I do this? How can I save up enough money so that when I get to my retirement, I'll have enough for until I'm, I'm 95 or 101 or 106 and I'm, and I'm worrying about the future when it comes to those things instead of actually living my life that I have. We've got a purpose. We've got a purpose. And have you ever asked yourself the reason, so why am I here? I think it's probably one of mankind's greatest questions. Why am I here? Why am I on this earth? What's the meaning of life? What is my purpose? You know, your purpose in life is something that gives you a reason for getting out of bed in the morning. Who loves waking up? (laughs) Who loves sleeping in? Okay, well, I'm speaking to you guys this morning. (laughs) But it gives you the reason for living. It's the reason. Your purpose is the reason why God put you on this earth. Your purpose in life is an expression of your personal significance to God. And your purpose in life is going to be unique to you. My purpose is not the same as your purpose, although we do have shared purposes. All right? Now, I didn't say porpoise. (laughs) Have we ever done in this church, we've only been here for two years, um, is it Rick Warren's 40 Days of Purpose? Have we, have we done that? Yeah. So I remember doing this back when we were in um, a, a church in Campbelltown. And, and we would do, we'd be in charge of the video church news. And we created uh, the segment called 40 Days of Porpoise. Um, and I remember us going, we went on holidays at the Coffs Harbour. And you guys were like the hosts, Chloe and Phoebe, when they were about this big. The hosts of 40 Days of Porpoise. Um, just one of those sidetrack things there. I'm getting distracted from the purpose at the moment. But your purpose in life is based on God's personalized plan for you. You know, you might have asked yourself the question, I don't feel like my life has any purpose. Is there any hope for me? Have you ever felt like that? I'm not sure what my purpose is. I'm not sure why I'm here. Is there any hope? Yes, you can have hope because you were created by the God of hope. In the Bible, God says that he created you with a specific plan for your life. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You know what? We can have a purpose in God. He has had his eye on you from the very beginning. Before the foundations of the world, he knew you. And he knew what you would do. And he knew the plans and the purposes that he had for you. He had it all for you. And he's had his eye on you from the very beginning. I want to ask you this question. If you don't know where you are going, how will you know when you get there? If you don't know where you're going, how will you know when you get there? There was a man on a flight in America in 1976 and he rose up from his seat and he drew a gun. And he took the stewardess hostage and he says, take me to Detroit, he said. She replied, but we're already going to Detroit. She said, oh, good. And he sat down, (laughs) back in his seat. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to know when you get there? If you're not sure what your purpose is in life, how are you going to know when you've fulfilled it? If you don't know what success looks like, In business, if you don't have a goal or a plan or or a purpose, if you don't know what that looks like, how are you supposed to know when you've achieved it? 
You know, God has an assignment for every single one of us and it's bigger than just going to work and coming home. Our assignment is so much bigger than that. And we've got to ask ourselves the question, why do we do what we do? Why is it that we do what we do? Why is it that I'm an accountant? Why is it that I'm a preacher? Why is it that I'm a landscaper? Why is it that I am a counsellor? Why is it that I do what I do? Why is it that I'm a farmer? Why do I do what I do? Money, enjoyment, power, recognition or purpose. These are all reasons why we do what we do. But what's the purpose behind what, why you do what you do? Have you ever thought about that? You know, I struggled with this for a long time. When I was about to step out into ministry and work with my dad and, and I thought, oh, yeah, great things ahead. We're about to go into basically full-time itinerant ministry with, with my, my parents um, and, you know, I was working for the ministry and, and then dad got sick and we had to shut the ministry down and I had to go and get a real job. I went from being able to play golf three times a week to playing golf once a year. <laughs> but... I had to really, I really struggled with my purpose. Now, yes, we still served faithfully in church and we still led teams and we're still always a part of things. But I kind of struggled working in the city and traveling two hours each way every day to go to and from work, leaving at six in the morning, coming home at six at night. I struggled with finding out, well, why am I doing what I'm doing? And it wasn't until I could actually attach a kingdom purpose to what I was doing, what I was doing, that it actually became enjoyable. So we can struggle, we can actually go, well, you know what, my purpose is to chase money. If you're chasing money, you're not going to find happiness because you'll find out you'll never have enough. Charles Kingsley once said that we act as though comfort and luxury were the chief requirements of life. When all that we need to make us really happy is something to be enthusiastic about. When was the last time we were enthusiastic about something? When was the last time we go, oh, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm really looking forward to that. So without being long-winded and taking forever, which is generally my trait in the end, I want to talk about purpose today, what it means to live a life of purpose. You know, purpose is not a goal and it's not a plan. Let's look at James chapter 4, verse 14. It says, why you don't even know what will happen tomorrow, what is your life? It is a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. We've only got one life to live. How do we make the most of it? How, what, what are we going to do with that? If we can look back at our life so far and go, have I accomplished what God wanted me to accomplish? It, it, it actually makes me feel pretty small. When I go, have I done enough? Have I actually fulfilled my purpose? Am I on track to fulfilling my purpose? Am I actually even, do I even know what my purpose is? These are all questions that we need to ask. Psalm 144, 3-4 says, Lord, what are human beings that you care for them? Mere mortals that you even think of them. They are like a breath. Their days are like a fleeting shadow. Just remind us that we have but one life to live. Instead of putting all of our time and energy into material pursuits, we need to realize that there's actually more to it than that. And we have a genuine purpose. What's our purpose in life? Maybe your purpose is 
to be married. If you're a young person here today, maybe your purpose, maybe Sammy's purpose at one stage is going, I'm going to, my purpose in life is I'm going to marry Laura. I'm going to get married to Laura. That's going to be my purpose in life. And now that he's accomplished that, oh, what's my purpose now? What's my purpose? I've got to have more to it than just that. Maybe your purpose is to run a business. Maybe your purpose is to leave an inheritance for your children. Now, that's a, that's a good thing to do. That's a, that's a great thing. Maybe your purpose is to leave a legacy so that people will remember you. But can we really know our true purpose outside of Christ? We have a purpose in Christ. We have a purpose in Jesus. And we need to realize that there is a kingdom eternal purpose that's attached to our lives, that God has planned for us. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. We can have our own plans. We can have our own desires. We can have our own goals. We can think that we're doing everything right. We can have the, the track this way. Or that. We're going, let's get it all sorted out. But in the end, it's all nothing unless it's actually submitted to the will of God the Father. He is the plan and the purpose for our life. Thomas Carlyle said, a man without a purpose is like a ship without a rudder, a waif, a nothing, a no man. Wow, that's a bit harsh. Have a purpose in life and having it throw such strength of mind and muscle into your work as God has given you. When we realize what our purpose is, our purpose then is to throw everything that we have into actually finding that, not finding that, but actually resolving that. I've got some key, 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 key questions, key questions about our purpose. Do I have only one purpose in life? No, you might have a few different purposes. So, like, for example, a teenager. Not very many teenagers in here today, is there? No. There's, I see a couple at the back. <laughs> Sending high fives to our teenagers in the back. Fantastic. But a teenager's purpose might be to grow in Christ-like character, to... Honor, bring honor to their parents, to be the best student that they could possibly be in order to get the best grades. That might be a great purpose. You know, Colossians 3.23 says this, and we can take purpose from this. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as though you're working for the Lord, not for human masters. So when it comes to school exams and assignments, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. So that translates into there. But does our purpose change? Yes, as we get older, you know, our purpose changes. You're no longer just there to honour your parents, but maybe when you get married, like Sammy got married, your purpose might be still to grow in Christ-like character. But also it might be to sacrificially love his wife like Christ loved the church. Our purpose has changed. And then eventually it might be to teach his children by his lifestyle. Our purposes grow and shift. And they do change. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 to 7 says, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and all of your soul, and all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. So we have a purpose to actually love the Lord our God, but we also have a purpose to actually teach that to the next generation. There's a purpose. And we ask ourselves the question, what is God's purpose for our life? Well, I want to get into this right now. God's highest 
purpose for your life is to conform you to the character of Christ. To conform you to his character. The New Testament Greek word for conform is samomorphos. Samorphous, which means made like another. And Paul says in Romans 8.29, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn amongst many brothers and sisters. So what should my highest purpose be, if we're going to be conformed to the image of Christ, our highest purpose in that in all creation is to bring glory to God. To bring glory to God. So with all of our plans, for all of the things that we want to do, for all of the dreams and desires that are in our heart, the base, and I'm not talking about the top, I'm talking about the base for all of those, the foundation for all of those things is going, is this going to bring glory to God? And therefore I can build my purpose off that. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. Everything's got to be for his glory. Whenever we go to do something, whenever we go to... to um, to think about a new program for church, wherever we think about, okay, well, how is this going to reach people? It's all going to come down to, is what I am doing going to bring glory to God or not? The New Testament Greek word for glory, doxa, signifies an estimate of worth. You know, an estimate from a jeweler is a piece of paper that reflects the accurate value of a piece of jewelry. When you accurately reflect the character of Christ, when we conform to the character of Christ, we give God glory with our lives. So 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. All right. I'm just checking the time here because I'm running out of time. But if we really want to live with purpose, we've got to organize our priorities. What's really important to us? What's really valuable? We've got to also remember that we need to plan. We've got to plan things out. We've got to set things out. If you don't know where you are going, if you haven't, don't know where you've been. And if you don't know where you are going, you won't know when you get there. Planning involves the steps. I love going on holidays, and I've said this before many times. I love planning out every single step, every stop, everything that we're going to stop and take photos of, every place we're going to eat, Every, I mean, even down to what type of donuts we're going to get on the way in the car, how many coffee stops we're going to have. I will plan it all. Rachel just goes with the flow. But you've got to plan. You have to plan. But I think one of the key things that we need to really realize is that if we are going to live a life of kingdom purpose, we've got to acknowledge God's destiny for our life. Jeremiah 1 Verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You know, God knows so much about you. He even knows the amount of hairs on your head. Luke 12, 7 says, even the, Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. 
Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. He cares about you. So how do we know his will? The more that we know God, the more that we walk in step with him, the more that we're going to know what he wants for our lives. So what's our purpose as believers? It's to know God intimately and to make him known. There's our purpose. We've got to have an intimate relationship with Jesus that we do not keep for ourselves. There's our Christian purpose. Because in doing that, we bring glory to God. And just as I'm going to close, I'm going to read from Psalm chapter 1 because I believe that this outlines what someone with kingdom purpose lives like. Someone who's got a mind that's focused on the kingdom purpose will live like this. And I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf also does not wither and whatever they do, prospers not so the wicked they are like the chaff that the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor the sinners in the assemblies of the righteous for the lord watches over the way of the righteous but the way of the wicked leads to destruction i've got seven points to go are we in for this you ready Kingdom purpose people are blessed. Kingdom purpose people are blessed regardless of the situation, regardless of what you're walking through, regardless of what's happening around you. You live a life that is blessed regardless of the bank balance, regardless of your health declaration, regardless of anything that's going on around you. You live blessed. Blessed is the one. Blessed. Kingdom purpose people avoid the wrong crowd. Did you realize that it is hard to soar like an eagle when you are surrounded by turkeys? You can't do it. You've got to watch who you hang around. If you want to live a life that is full of kingdom purpose, you've got to have a group of people around you that have also got purpose in their heart, not people who are just floating along on the breeze and singing, K, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No, you've got to hang around the right people. Kingdom purpose people delight in God's word. Kingdom purpose people, they put God's word first. And this is what we're going to do next year. And I don't have time to talk about it all right now, but we are going to change the way that we read the word together as a church next year. It's called Harvest 365. And we're going to be reading the Word every single day. And we've actually outlined a plan. It's actually available on version. Do not go and find it and join it yet because we're sending out a, a link that you can register to join that together and be a part of the same group on there and be able to share your revelations and what you're getting out of the Scripture. And I want to talk a lot more about that maybe over the coming weeks. But Harvest 365 is the way it's going to replace our SOAP program that we've been doing, which is Scripture, Observation, Application, Prayer. Now, you can still apply that, but we're not going to be handing out cards every month. We're not going to be doing that. We're going to, if those of you who don't use the Bible app and want to use the real Bible, we will have a booklet for you with the right Scriptures for the right days of the whole year. 
So you can do that. But we're going to be diving in. We've got to delight in God's word. Kingdom purpose, people are planted. They are planted. Planted by streams of water. Planted in the house of God. They realize that this is home. They realize that the house of God is their home. Kingdom purpose, people bear fruit. Kingdom purpose, people bear fruit. And then you've got to have something to show for your purpose. Kingdom purpose, people also thrive. Whatsoever you do shall prosper. And kingdom purpose, people are watched over by God. How beautiful is that? Psalm 37, 23 says, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in Him. As I said before, our purpose is to bring glory to God with our lives. There's a beautiful quote by C.S. Lewis. I think it's going to come up on the screen. It may or may not. The glory of God and as our only means of glorifying Him, the salvation of human souls, is the real business of life. I want to ask you today whether you know Jesus or not. And if you don't know him, I'd love to invite you to start a relationship with him. Come on, why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads and we're going to say this prayer together, accepting Jesus as the Lord and Savior and positioning him, submitting ourselves to his will. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart and give me a brand new start. I'm sorry for all of my sin. But today, Jesus, I submit myself to you and your purpose for my life. I thank you that you came and you died on the cross and you rose again so I can have relationship with God the Father. I thank you, Jesus, in your precious and mighty name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. For everybody who is receiving that today, who is praying that prayer for the very first time, why don't we give them a celebration?